have a really great show for you guys today. One of a, a really good friend of mine, I've known him for over 20 years, Howard Grossworth from the Yankees. Um, you know, that iconic brand that even if you're not a baseball fan, which don't kill me, it's like watching paint dry, <laughs> but I've got Yankee swag. Right. I got right? you covered in the baseball fandom over here. Right, right. right. With that. And it's really kind of, I feel bad for you guys, you listeners, because offline we heard some major Steinbrenner stories, mm-hmm. but... You're going to enjoy, Howard. Um, you guys are getting ready to pitchers and catchers are reporting That's next right. month. Yeah. You know, it's a great time, and he is an amazing addition to our board of directors, and I'm, I'm just so thrilled. I know you guys enjoyed him, right? Yeah, I, I think it's always really cool to see how much heart is behind these organizations that, like, we know in the community, but just, like, how much they really act as, like, a pillar, too, as not, yeah. not just entertainment, you know? Right. And not just here in Tampa Bay, but, of mm-hmm. course, New York as well, mm-hmm. and really this is a global brand. This yeah. is, and this man has been doing this for over 25 years. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was fun to hear uh, Howard's perspective on the Yankees, on baseball, on uh, you know their their commitment to excellence, their commitment to charity. Um, it's it's a great conversation. I'm, I know that our listeners will look forward. You know, we'll we'll really enjoy it. A great man, an amazing iconic team, and not for nothing, big checks. You guys listen and enjoy. We are back with another edition of Stick a Fork in It, and I'm actually personally excited to have a longtime friend join us today. I don't even know how many years I have known Howard. Yes, it's been a while. It has been a long, long time, and really excited to have you join us. You're standing with us side-by-side at Feeding Tampa Bay, and we will really get into that, but welcome, Howard, and most everyone knows you uh, from the legendary New York Yankees. Thank Welcome you. to the show. Oh, it's my honor to be here, and it's uh, it's great to be here. And I'm glad we're in person and not doing this on a Zoom or through a telephone call or something yeah. like that. It's Isn't so, it yes. great to be in person again? <laughs> it's so nice to to see people and, and shake is. hands and hug. Absolutely, it is. Yeah. I think we talked during the pandemic because, um, and we'll get into it. Um, you have done this great event for years and years and years, and we were talking about doing virtual events and just how it was losing its luster. We were doing the best that we could in the situations that we had in so many ways. And it just feels terrific to to be back in person again. It really does. I mean, I think Zoom has its place. I mean, it, tele- it does. Tele- teleconferencing has been around for ages, but mm-hmm. I think, uh, um, you know, it saves the opportunity to, to have to travel halfway around the world. But it's still, it's uh, when you're 10, 15 minutes away, it's nice to be in front of somebody. And, and Absolutely. Uh, it's... Uh, it's good to it's good to see people again. I hope it stays that way. I hope things get better. Yes, I, I know it will. I'm feeling very positive. So before we get into all of it, how did you come to feeding Tampa Bay? Well, I mean the, the organization, our organization is has supported this organization on so before even was feeding Tampa Bay. It was I think it was feeding um, feeding America Tampa Bay and then it, there was yeah, even a name before that right it was yeah. name, Divine yeah, Providence it, it, Food Bank yeah. yes Divine Providence Food Bank it was also um, yeah. uh, Tampa Bay Food I don't remember what it was, but it was, right. uh, we supported them. Uh, we, I know one time we did a on-field presentation of $100,000 to, to the organization. You can do that again if you'd like. Um, <laughs> Pony uh, up, friend. <laughs> I mean, we, we support, I remember going to the uh, Empty Bowls. Oh yeah, uh, I've park heard about that. In downtown, and uh, yep. a matter of fact, I still have some of those in my office. So Aww. it's really nice. The kids made, and we were excited. To, I think we were more excited about getting the bowls than we were the lunch. But uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was nice to be outside and uh, and have that event. It was really really nice to have. And uh, so we've been. I, it goes back way way nice. way. So 
we've been involved. But I mean, this is come on, this is a no-brainer. I mean, yeah. your organization, like many others, but this organization, and like I, I mentioned the other day in the in the meeting on Monday, it was um, you guys are saving lives. So it's like it like why not help? And it you got and it's not just in this community that you have your warehouse, but it's how many counties? Eight? Ten. Ten, ten, ten counties? counties? So yeah. it, it uh, I mean, it's just um, getting the, I, I pulled in here today, like I was saying, it, it uh, I couldn't find a parking spot. I mean, the semis are just backed up, getting yep. ready to load and, and yeah. bring the food out. And you're saying, you're telling me this is every day. And every day. it's just amazing how the warehouse is full. Um, yeah, this is why we're involved. I mean, this is how we know. And, and um, you know, hopefully uh, you guys can just become bigger and better and and continue and i know look i mean the world would love to end hunger um and put you guys out of business but i you know you don't ever see that happening and there's always going to be people that are hungry and and you guys will be on the forefront to to make that happen and it's it's been an interesting conversation for us around that because we talk about ending hunger in tampa bay and i think it's really important for us to define what that means because you're right there will always be people who fall into difficult circumstances or people who struggle to take care of themselves and when we talk about ending hunger we don't mean there aren't people in those situations we mean people like who are struggling will know where to go to get food right. and we will make sure that there's food there. Yeah. And it's through organizations like the Yankees that we can do that. And I think that, I think that has to be clarified because yeah, there, there's always going to be that struggle no matter what. And mm-hmm. on so many different levels, you'd pray that we'll never have to be in a pandemic again where it's yes. brought to the forefront, but sometimes disasters help yeah. You know, we learn. Yeah. We uh, learn and we grow. Chaos it's, and opportunity, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, I mean, it help, helps with others in disaster situations around. I'm not going to mention other charities on this, but the um, there are other organizations during hurricanes and, and tornadoes and so on and so forth that are brought to the, the height of, uh, of the media. And, and um, that's when the donations come out mm-hmm. to help. It's the same thing with you guys. I mean, it's it. Uh, during the pandemic, uh, people couldn't get out. They couldn't go to, to supermarkets or they just lost their jobs or one thing or another. And I always remember a, a story the first time I was here is that uh, a gentleman came up and he was hesitant about getting out of his car and he just uh, couldn't bring himself to doing, but he knew eventually um, sucked it up, I guess mm-hmm. the best way to, to say it. And um came in through hesitation and, and saying, I need help. Um, you know, I lost my job and, and I need to help my family and I need to do this and hopefully I won't be in this situation long, but I need your help. And I'm sure that is not just one story. No, the yeah. amazing thing for us, we did a lot of surveying early on in the pandemic and 68% of the people who were coming through our food lines had never received food assistance before. Yeah. So, you know, when, when we talk about being able to step into a moment where people were really experiencing something different. That's truly the case. You know, we're, we're not quite at those historic levels right now, but we're still 30% above where we were pre pandemic in terms of need in our community. You know, there's a million residents of our 10 County area who are facing food insecurity. And, um, it is, it has been a wild two years for us, but we, uh, we have stepped up kind of every time we've had an opportunity, I believe. 
We have, and, it, and it's it, what makes it um, easier is the people who stand with us. You talk about the gentleman who couldn't get out of his car, but it's the people, not just our team here, and but it's our sponsors and the volunteers that met him when he got out of his car and told him it was going to be okay and lifted him up. And, you know, what tragedy brings out is a lot of good in people, right? Um, people, there are people that do it every day, but then there's people that find themselves, you know, in strife and when things are going on. And I think for me, that's what the pandemic brought forth for so many people, opened their eyes, brought the goodness out. And um, I don't know, that's kind of what I'm thankful for. It was exhausting and it's been a crazy two years, but it brought out a lot of good for people too. The Humana Foundation and Feeding Tampa Bay work together to address food insecurity. Our goals are to strategically bring about healthy outcomes and create meaningful, sustainable change for our neighbors throughout the 10-county region that we serve. Learn more about it at feedingtampabay.org slash programs. You know, Howard, you tell an interesting story about the Yankees being part of our world since the the beginning, right? We've mm-hmm. been here 39 years. You've probably been with us for all of that. I mean, the Yankees we- have been here for I mean, we're going on our 27th season, so it's it's uh, it's as long as I can remember. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, and and that to me is an even more important part of the story than the people who have just recently realized that there are hungry people in our community. Yeah, we love them. We're so glad they're in our world now, but it just brings home to me how valuable it is to have long-term partners, right. people who are shoulder to shoulder, people who understand that this is a, a struggle that our community has long had and are with us working on it. You know, We wouldn't have been in the position to step into that challenge without the years and years of support from the Yankees to get us to be the strong organization we are. Um, you know, it, it really speaks a lot to your organizational culture. And I know the Steinbrenner family and the Yankees all across the board, you know, from players to organization to, you know, uh, kind of back of the house, all of you guys have been incredible in the community for as long as I can remember. Is that a cultural value? Is it, where does that come from kind of within the Yankee organization? I mean, that comes from, I mean, the heart of it, Mr. Steinbrenner. I mean, that's, uh, uh, as soon as I walked into this organization, it was, uh, um, seeing how much he helped in this community and, and really brought it to the forefront of what we're all about. And I think there's a, a misconception from him because of the type of owner he was and his wanting to win all the time. So you saw a different Mr. Steinbrenner in New York than you did in Tampa. But um, but then again, he was like that in New York as well. He, the mm-hmm. Steinbrenner, Mr. Steinbrenner and the Steinbrenner family helping the community, local community, as well as the community at large in New York. It just, his newspaper, him catching the newspaper was more about the team itself than it was about um, uh, the charities that he helped in, especially around the Bronx and around the, the neighborhoods. And we really have a great outreach in the Bronx now and, and uh, even more than we've had and, and in Tampa as well. And But Mr. Steinbrenner and the Steinbrenner family, as a matter of fact, I just had this conversation as I was driving in of he always felt that if two people knew about it, you were doing something wrong. It's like he really wanted to keep it as low-key as possible um, and really just kind of wanted to be in the background and if we can help. And there are so many different stories that I have of him um, 
making donations and I would say, you're writing a check, they know who it's coming from. Do you want it anonymous or not? And he was like, yes, I want it anonymous or we need to do it a different way. Or he was like, just let it go. And at that point I knew it wasn't to be anonymous and he wanted to get it out. But uh, there's so many, I mean, we could spend, you know, so much time on, on the different types of donations that um, he did in the community. And, and the great thing about it is that his family are, has have the hearts, if not bigger, than he did. And uh, Jenny and Hal Steinbrenner and all his his kids and grandkids and just really involved in the community on one level or another to really uh, support our uh, our efforts. And, and they want to keep it quiet as well. Uh, you know, I know there are others that really bring out the big checks and make it a big splash. And that's just not what we're about. It's just, right. uh, it's about uh, helping uh, your, you know, organization as well as many others in the, in the, in the community. And I have a stack of checks on my desk and um, it's, it's great to, to be able to, to fold them up and get them in an envelope and get them out as, as soon as possible. That's why I wanted to get your donation in uh in the hands of Thomas and your organization at, at the board meeting. Yeah, let's um, let's pause on that for a second. No, I don't want to say that how much or anything like that. <laughs> Ooh, that we don't need to say how much, but but there was a really cool moment. We just recently had a board retreat, all our board members together and some of the senior organizational leaders, and we were talking about a variety of different things, and, and you had an opportunity to stand up and just pledge some additional support from the Yankees organization as a holiday gift. It, it is a holiday gift, and we wanted to emphasize the holiday gift because we we support your organization all year round at, at different levels. But uh, you know, we see that the holidays, uh, along with other organizations, are have a more of an impact in the community because of the holidays. I think the holidays bring hunger to the forefront, mm-hmm. um, and families in need uh, more than ever. Uh, and I, matter of fact, we just made a donation to another organization, um, and um, it, you know, you, you people are in need 365 days a year, but because of the holidays, it is brought out more, uh, and then it's forgotten about as January 1st, and they for, they think, well, we can just worry about it next year, but you guys are are working around the clock. 365 days a year to help these individuals and it needs to be the light needs to be shed that it uh you know it's november and december are not just your big days it's all year round and the same thing with a lot of other organizations in the community that uh it's just more prevalent right now than it is during the rest of the year it's an interesting balance for us to strike because it is great that people are aware now, like you said, that the profile is higher in November and December. And we try to, to spread the story that you're sharing of 365 days a year, this is a need. And yet at the same time on this podcast, one of the things that we love to do is ask people about their favorite food memories. And for so many people, it's a holiday meal. Yeah, You know, for so many people, there is this special connection between the extended family and, you know, all the stories of the, the, folding card table at the end that's the kids table and not really wanting to graduate to the big people table and you know all of the different types of foods and how culture intertwines into that and it it does mean something for people to be able to connect with their giving and if they can connect that moment that they remember or the series of moments around a big table with an extended family 
with an understanding that there are people who don't have the privilege to to do that, you know, it's it's great because that can leverage that moment to a a longer term relationship with us. You know, my big, you know, we were really never a big gathering during the holidays and we did we had the thanksgiving and we would have the the other uh holiday meals and stuff like that my biggest memories are going out to dinner with the family like either on a on a sunday night or or um my grandmother was a big baker and she loved to cook and things like that and i was lucky enough that when i growing up in new york uh my, we were living at a two-story home, so it was uh, we had a one family downstairs and one family upstairs. When we bought, when my parents bought the house, it was a two-family home. So my grandparents lived upstairs in their own That's home. Amazing. So it was great for the, my sister and I to be able to run upstairs and and have a meal and have grandma cook and and things like that and everybody would come over our house my cousins and aunts and uncles and i'd have cousins across the street and they would all gather at our house Uh, we had a big basement downstairs and all the kids would play downstairs and we would have the food over so it wasn't just on the holidays but you know i think you can ask any family uh i think food is is a big proponent of of gathering and it's just you know you could talk to any family especially you know families on sunday nights that families would gather around and and have dinner and grandma would cook or mom would cook or something like that there's always a a story you can tell about around food and and you know it's you don't want those families to think of food as that we didn't have food right or you know you want to be able to one way or another get them um get them that meal big or small but to be able to gather around the table together and and enjoy the time together um especially this time of year and um it's um it's ironic how food is a is uh really drives that uh those memories it does so you you mentioned your grandmother what is a, a favorite that she created that got the family just salivating if you can <laughs> you know, think about it. I, it, it she would great, make great pies and, and things like that. I mean, I, as she got older, she was she would stop cooking. But uh, I just remember, you know, the cakes and the pies and uh, those type of things. We would, uh, uh, my mom would be the one that would cook the, the, the chickens and the, the, the turkeys and other things that my grandmother would bring down the baked goods. And um, But I also remember them bringing in the boxes from the bakeries and, and right. from the yeah. local. And uh, those were always fun to untie the little string that's around the box. <laughs> right, and, what's uh, in it? Uh, it? It's some great pastries. And still to this day, I'll, I'll go to local bakeries and pick up. They'll have the food, the the food. My doc against my doctor's wishes, but I'll. <laughs> I was gonna say you're I'll going heavy out. on the sweets, friend. Uh, yeah. You're like going all in. I do. I mean, what's your favorite bakery in town? Um, you know, Lessie's is great. Yes. There's some others that I I've found, but uh, they have uh, the Ruggla and the and the 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 uh, Napoleons and the other things that I really need to stay away from. But uh, <laughs> what about uh, New York? What's your favorite bakery? New York. I mean, I haven't been back in, in a long time. There's, uh, if, but when I do go to the city and I go to work, uh, <laughs> juniors in New York, which is right next to is in the heart of, um, the, um, the theater district. Mm-hmm. And I love, I'll sit down at the, at the counter and, uh, I don't know if they're doing it now, but you know, growing up in New York, you go to a deli and you have the, the coleslaw and the pickles already on the table and you, you sit there and you order a nice corned beef sandwich on rye and, uh, with some mustard and, um, and, a, a either a cream soda or root beer and, and there it's, um, I'm a kid again. I'm a little kid with my mom and dad and going to a, a local deli. We would go on Friday nights, we would go to a, 
a local deli and have have dinner and uh you know my dad worked ungodly hours and you know out of the house by 3 30 in the morning and home by five and you know either in the city and and working through the traffic and he just wanted to get home and i think it was just the weekends in that time were his time to just decompress and mm-hmm. going out to a small deli around the around home was uh was his enjoyment just to have us four together and, mm-hmm. and spending time together so again it we comes full circle back to food you know yeah, and, it uh, that's fantastic and it you know it and when i go home it uh, i've got to have a hot dog and a nice one that cracks in your mouth and yeah. it uh with that bite and, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah and it uh it uh, there's nothing like uh, and especially in the business I'm at it, yeah, uh, exactly. oh yeah uh, it's, uh, you know you gotta have a hot dog at a ball game and uh, <laughs> unfortunately I can't have the beer but uh, wow. while I'm working uh, <laughs> or at the stadium but it's nice to have uh, you know a nice beer uh, going out if mm-hmm. I'm out and, so there's always the classic hot dog but is there anything else at Yankee Stadium that they do that's special or here at Tampa uh, you know, I mean, the you know, ballparks, any stadium, no matter what sport it is, it's no longer just that hot dog anymore. Even mm-hmm. though when I go to a ballpark, I got to have a hot dog. It's <laughs> traditional for me. I'm just uh, that type Wood of person. Mustard. But uh, oh, yeah. I mean, look, I mean, ballparks in general have kind of expanded into that. I mean, we've had every everything from uh, uh, their butchers cutting, slicing the uh, the steaks to have a, a great sandwich or uh uh, we've had su- sushi at the ballpark when we first had Japanese players, but others, I mean, they have dining. We have nine, uh, NYY at Steakhouse at the Yankee Stadium. And uh, uh, I think what it is is that stadiums, no matter what sport it is, wants to be the destination. They don't yes. want them going. They don't want fans going to a restaurant prior to and then coming to a, to a game. They want them to have the full experience of coming either for lunch or dinner and then enjoying the game and really having that experience. And sometimes uh, the baseball game or the football game or something like that is the is the secondary of the experience and uh, and really that social gathering. And that's why we did the major renovations to our stadium is because we wanted that social atmosphere for people to come in. And really get together and bond and and watch a baseball game and have some great food that we offer at our stadium. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, they, I didn't know until we did the renovations. We have a great French fries with cheese and and burnt ends from a uh, from the uh, the roast beef and and uh, it's it's mouth watering and it's just uh, so it. You it, can bring that by anytime. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I, I will once we, when we start cooking again. We'll. Uh, Get it back in the season. I'll definitely bring Super that by. Ends. It might yeah, not last the trip like from the stadium to here. I might have, have to, to dig in a little bit. Well, maybe yeah. we'll come over. How about come that? That'll make come it easier. So it's nice and but yeah, fresh. And it's, it, we've built some uh, great uh, food opportunities at the stadium. This podcast was made possible by the innovative thinking and the funding of Feeding America, a nationwide network of more than 200 food banks that feed more than 46 million people through food pantries, soup kitchens, shelters, and other community-based agencies. There's something unique about baseball amongst the sports that it just has this rhythm and cadence to it that I think encourages kind of conversation and community and the the other aspects if you go to a hockey game if you look away for a second you're going to miss something (laughs) right if you go to a football game like you're going to get beer spilled all over you if you're not paying attention right and and there's just a neat rhythm to baseball that i think lends itself to those longer term relationships and memories you know uh 
there's a reason you want to get a hot dog every time. And it's not because the hot dog is better than the steak at NYY Steakhouse, right? <laughs> no, I want to get I mean, I have memories. I mean, especially the old Yankee Stadium memories of my dad and I going to, to baseball games. And yeah. I would remember sitting. There was one time we asked the usher to move because our seats were right behind one of the big pylons or the, <laughs> the beams that kept up the, the upper deck. And it would, they had them all, you know, scattered all throughout the stadium. So we moved. But... Um, you know, I when I went into the old Yankee Stadium as a worker, I, that was the first thing I did was look at that beam and going. That's where my mom, you know, my dad and I sat, or my family would go. My sister and I, my mom and dad, and, and uh, my grandfather had great seats by first base, and I sat in there a couple times. And it was Yankee Stadium was just along with, I'm sure, tens of thousands of other families in New York that have the history of uh, of the old Yankee Stadium and now then and now they're the families are going to the new Yankee Stadium and uh, uh, I think Derek Jeter said it best on the last game is that uh, you know you might have the memories and everything like that of this stadium but the ghosts will travel and they will go across the street and bring your memories across the street you will always have those memories but you know make new memories with uh, with the new stadium and um, and I think people are doing that now they're making those new memories and of course you know the old people that are and older that you know they want to hold on to those sure. those memories and uh, and they can um, but um, you know things must progress and yeah. and, uh, and it was time for for a new stadium and, and I think they did a wonderful job in New York well and I think you have a very similar experience here with spring training right there are families who every year their vacation yes. is going to be in March and they're going to come down and they're going to spend a week and they're going to hit four or five ballparks or maybe they go to five Yankee games or whatever it is. But, you know, spring training is such a big part of our community and has been for so long. And the Yankees have been here for what, a hundred years or close to it doing spring training. Well, the state of Florida. Yeah. I mean, it did, uh, they travel around everywhere from Fort Lauderdale, St. Petersburg to, to here. They've been other places around as well. And, and, uh, for a a year or two here, but it's always longest stint was either here Fort Lauderdale and uh, St. Petersburg for a little while, and um, it uh, yeah, I mean grassroots of uh, just baseball alone is uh, this area in the state of Florida and, and uh, East Coast as well, and and um, that's spring training is just a different time for baseball. It's just when they're starting again and and kind of uh, loosening up and and getting ready and and. Uh, it's just so nice to have spring training and the smell of grass and, and yes. uh, uh, the the lawnmowers cutting and, and us getting ready for that. It's just a it's a special time for me. And it's just I've been doing good. It's my twenty seventh season with the Yankees and wow. and it uh, it's always a special time when when February comes around. You know the players are report. Mm-hmm. Um, it um, it's just uh, it's it's magical. But it's it's just Billy Crystal says it best. It's just wa- working walking into. You know Yankee Stadium and into with his dad and and uh, and um, looking out as he comes into the stadium and see that uh, uh, you know the cathedral of, yeah. of Yankee Stadium. It's just uh, it, there's nothing like it, and I think that goes with a lot of people in any sport, uh, being hockey or football or ba- basketball or whatever. It's just that you know walking into uh, Madison Square Garden or walking into. I mean, uh, you know, I'm sure there's stories of people walking into the old sombrero uh, of uh, <laughs> oh, memories yeah. of there, and now the new memories of younger generations walking walking into to Raymond James and and other stadiums, and and it's just uh, sports just has that. It takes you away from reality for a little while, mm-hmm. and to be able to uh, enjoy um, 
enjoy your time with family and friends, and uh, it comes back to to food. Yep. You know, having that hot dog and and hopefully a beer or beverage of their choice. And and now it's it used to be beer or soda or water at that, and now it's. You know, you can pretty much get anything at, any, at ballparks uh, that you want. Dude, the so. elevated experience. Yeah. It, it's interesting to me to, to think about the Yankees' place in, in history, not just because of the championships and the famous players who have played, but also because of the culture of the mm-hmm. team. You know, I, I, we think a lot about culture around here. We talk a lot about organizational culture. But um, that's, you know, growing up as a huge baseball fan, I was never, you know, all that big on the Yankees. My dad grew up near Baltimore and was an Oriole fan. And then obviously with the Rays being here, so a little AL East competition, but uh, at the same time, there's always been this expectation of excellence around the New York Yankees. There's Mm -hmm. been um, a really intentional culture of professionalism. What is it like? How do you create that culture? How do you keep that culture strong? Where does it come from? And that's Mr. Steinberg. I mean, he bought the team in 1973 and wanted from the day one excellence. Uh, he wanted a winning team. I mean, that just goes back to his culture of growing up for his dad, um, emphasizing that into him as being a winner. Uh, and um, and that's what he wanted. He wanted, uh, he's just not gonna buy a sports team just to have a sports team. He wanted a championship team and he, he guaranteed it that he would bring a championship type of caliber back to the Yankees, back to New York, and uh, he did. I mean, back in you know, it, he was very, very disappointed, and I'm sure in 1976 when um, uh, we lost. And that year came close to winning, and then uh, 77, 78, uh, we took the World Series. And that's when he started to bring uh, our winning back. Now, in the 80s, we didn't have such a great, but it, uh, then we, um, uh, in the 90s, in the 90s, and 90s we, we dominated yeah. in the 90s. And, you know, winning four, you know, four out of five, and uh, it, was, uh, it was a great run. It was a great opportunity, winning again in 2009. And, uh, look, we should have, uh, I go back to it, and you know, talk about memories you know to it um, uh, losing to Boston um, when we're up three nothing and uh, getting swept by then that should have been another year we were in the World Series and then having Mariano and the Rivera on the on the mound against Arizona and in Arizona with two outs and we're winning and Gonzalez hits a uh, you know blooper, blooper over second yep. base and and uh, we lose it and it's just you know that's just sports anybody can win on any given day and and um, you would think that with the you know the way we were playing and uh, we should have won that year those two years there were times that we should have won even more but uh, uh, look it uh, it wasn't in the cards it was, the gods weren't coming down on us and then it was just time for us to move on and 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 um, our time will come uh, you know Hal is uh, continuously working with Brian Cashman and the others to to put a quality caliber team on the field and and the citizens of New York or the Yankee fans don't want anything more but a winning team and that's mm-hmm. what um, he, he's doing his best to, to give us the best uh, type of players that uh, will give us another championship. Yeah, and I think it's you know almost inevitable because of the culture, right? Because of mm-hmm. the expectations, because of the the way in which Mr. Steinbrenner kind of set the 
Look, stage. you wouldn't be able to play. You have a beard and mustache. You didn't, exactly. didn't want that at all. You know, Long hair, that, was a, that, wasn't a, I, that wasn't a whip. I still the remember bar. Jason Giambi, Johnny Damon, the guys yeah. coming to the Yankees and having to clean, you know, clean, clean themselves up. up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, Lou, the, I love the story about Lou Pinelli. He tells a story of when he first came uh, to the Yankees and he was in Fort Lauderdale and Mr. Steinbrenner called him to the trailer and he says uh, he had long hair. And uh, he's, they were talking and he's like, all right, now you need to get a haircut. And uh, he He's like, no, sir, uh, this is the way I have my hair. This is the way you brought me here. And he goes, uh, um, and he's like, no, our policy is, my policy is that everybody has short, tight hair, no facial hair, and so on and so forth. And he, he says, um, if, this, uh, if the long hair is, is good enough for my Lord and Savior, then it's good enough for me. <laughs> and Mr. Steinbrenner brought him over to the, to the pool and uh, said, if you can walk on water, you can keep your hair. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sure and enough, he, he cut his hair. With a haircut. <laughs> so, That's right. Um, I love that story. That's it's, fantastic. Uh, it's a great story. So, um, you know, and, and that's the way Mr. Steinbrenner kept it in the office as well. And uh, he wanted winning not only on the field but off the field as well uh, in the community. But he also wanted uh, our staff to, to walk around proud that we were part of the New York Yankee organization. To, that Even though we're not wearing the uniform, but we are part of the pinstripe. And, and that's what... Um, this and that's the way any organization should feel. I'm sure you guys are proud as well to knowing that what you're doing in the community and what you're doing for people that are that are a little less fortunate than some of us. That um, uh, to not make them feel that you know it's uh, that they are less fortunate. That they can come here, they can put a meal on their plate. That dad or mom could help their kids um, because it always shows that. Kids will do better in life and in school when they know their their bellies are full and that they have a, a, a meal. Um, and, you know, there, there's the school programs and so on and so forth. But I think that ability to, to feel good about themselves, especially mom and dad, to be able to put that food on the table in the morning and the afternoon and night is, is great for everybody's self-esteem and to be able to do better in life. And I think you guys are, that's what you do is, is make, not only give them the food, but make them feel good about life. And that probably helps with, you know, lower the suicide rate and everything else that uh, there's, the depression is not there, that thing, life will get better. You know, we might, need your help now but hopefully and you guys are doing oh it's not just about the food i mean your programs that you're teaching that you're getting people back into life teaching them how to drive trucks or culinary and so on and so forth there's more to this organization than just loading up a car full of food and, and giving them that so it's it's people don't understand that they just said then see the name feeding tampa bay and feeding the community but it's more of what you're trying to do is get the people to stop asking for the food and give them that opportunity to, f to feed for themselves, to, right. to, to take care of themselves. What is the saying? You know, uh, feed a... Give uh, a man a fish. Yeah. yeah. You feed him for a day. Exactly. Teach him how, you feed him for a lifetime. Perfect. That's, 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 that's what you guys do. And, and we want to do both, you know, provide that fish when you need it and yeah. then also hand you a fishing pole and no, you're teach you right. a little bit. You're absolutely right. And uh, and I think if every community has, I mean, look, you go back to the to pandemic and you watch the, the late night talk shows and they're the president of Feeding America is on there, not only nationwide, but worldwide going out there and saying, look, we have individual, it's not just Feeding America, but we have individual organizations in every community that need your help. And we need your help. And, yeah. uh, you know, and the money, but 
the pan- hopefully the pandemic will be over. Hopefully this will go away and it'll just be just like the flu, you know, that people stay up on their yeah, vaccines and, and everybody's good. And uh, But you need your, you need your help yep. all year round. Yeah. Like you, we said, hunger's not going to go away. Exactly. And that's why, you know, committed organizations like the Yankees and great board members like you are, are the, the people helping us to make it happen. So we really appreciate your partnership, all that you do for us, all you continue to do and your thought leadership as well. So it's, yeah. it's been great having you on the podcast. Thank oh, you. Oh, it's, yep. it's my thank pleasure. Thank you for stopping by. Oh, thank you. Appreciate you, friend. My pleasure. You can learn more about Feeding Tampa Bay and how to join the movement at feedingtampabay.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Feeding Tampa Bay. Hey.